to further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. WXUT here as we are live on the radio. If you can call in and want to talk some sports, 419-530-4455 is the number to hit up. Once again, 419-530-4455. Got a few more minutes here. Got two more segments. The state of Michigan and Michigan State football. A little college football playoff as the Big Ten Championship is later on today. And talk a little high school basketball up in the mitten. But I'm, I'm interested to hear this one from Frank Vashner. Uh, Michigan State, there's people talking about firing the coach. Wow. But he's really turned that program around to almost where Michigan State football is almost on par with Michigan State basketball. And That's the, not the case anymore. Well, well, I don't know. Michigan State basketball has been losing a few games, ranked number one in the country at first. And they kind of fell off a little bit, especially after getting that whooping from those Duke Blue Devils up in the Breslin Center. Uh, but I do know you were a little happy about the failure of James Joseph Harbaugh. But first, let's talk about your team, Old Sparty. Well, look, and As pretty you can much, tell, uh, I am very intrigued. I I can tell that very much, and it pretty much goes back to after they made they made the look they made the playoff in 2015. That was good. They get destroyed by Alabama. Mark D'Antonio does not make any changes because that should have been an eye-opening experience. It was for me because I realized, you know, we're not on that level. We got to make some changes around here to get better. Doesn't make any staff changes. Then, of course, 2016 is the 3-9 and nine debacle. Does he make changes? No. 2017 comes around and people say, oh, well, we won 10 games and we beat Michigan and we beat Penn State. If you really look into it, offense was pretty terrible that year. 2018 rolls around. Offense is almost near the bottom of the barrel. Actually, it wasn't the bottom of the barrel in a lot of categories, but still had a good defense. And what does Mark do? Shuffle his deck furniture, moves different guys around on staff. And then this year happens. They go six and six, which is nothing to be proud of. I'm sorry to say that. It's basically reached John L. Smith and Bobby Williams levels of ineptitude. Bobby Williams? I don't know. That's stretching. I'm sorry. Derek, a lot of the games I have watched this year, I have seen a lot of things. For example, the Arizona State game, 
Hey, hey, hey. Arizona Kicking State it. got a couple of good, good, good wins, by the way. My Marvin Lewis, you know. You Herm play, Edwards. Herm, I mean, I mean, Herm Edwards, sorry. I mean, you play I mean, to win the, the game. game. Well, Herm Edwards played to win the game and that time. And that was time. also early on in the season. And wasn't that at Arizona State? No, it was in East Lansing. East, okay. You put, and offensive, I mean, they had like close to 500 yards of offense, only put up a grand total of seven points. That's pretty bad. Arizona, it is bad, but don't make it seem like Arizona State is like a D3 football school. Oh, I'm not. I, I'm not saying Arizona State was a bad football team, team by any stretch. But the thing is, you're trying to you're expect You have everybody there expecting your coach to get his 100th win, and that debacle happens. And then, of course, they get shut out at Wisconsin. They look lifeless, and basically they don't, e- they don't even win a game in October which is bad enough. And the only other teams they beat are Rutgers and Maryland, who are embarrassments to the conference. And Maryland they barely beat as well. Hey, a win's a win. I know. But once you've reached the level that you got to in 2013, getting to the Rose Bowl, winning the Big Ten, also winning the Big Ten in 15, getting to the playoff, the expe- the bar's set pretty high. And that doesn't give you a carte blanche to say, oh, well, we reached this, fine. We're just going to go back to sucking again. But a lot of it's on D'Antonio for not making necessary changes. College football is a business these days. You can't be employing your church buddies or guys you play golf with because when that happens, you get Bobby Bowden in the later years at Florida State. Who's his church buddies? Well, let's see. He has Jim Bowman, who was an assistant at Ohio State, and there. And ask any Buckeye fan; they'll say that they weren't too fond of Bowman when he was there with Trestle. And the same with Mike Trestle, the defensive coordinator. I mean, albeit I know there's been good defenses, but the thing is, Trestle is having them rush three way too many times and not having. A linebacker spy, a mobile quarterback. I think that's what, in part, cost them the Arizona State game. Aim so. I mean, Bowman's not a very good offensive line coach. I mean, he's. I don't even know if he's even awake half the time in the box coaching. And somebody's gonna. I mean, here's the thing. I'll always be grateful for D'Antonio for. Winning two Big Ten tight, winning two Big Ten championships, getting to Pasadena, getting to the playoff. I'll, I'm all for building them a statue, but administration's gonna have to say, Mark, thank you for all you've done. We're grateful for you. We'll build you a statue. We'll put your name on the field. But it's time for us to move in a different direction. True. But here's the problem. What's the problem? It all starts at the top <laughs> with administration. Like I am not a learning. big fa- I'm not a big fan of Bill Beekman as an athletic director because he's not seemingly progressive in his ideas and he was actually some guy who just wrote an alumni letter. I'm sorry but you got to have some knowledge of football and that the business side of that and it's basically just oh I'm just going to be here and most Sign educators papers. don't. I mean, I'll tell you that right now. Most edu- they're educators at heart. So knowing the athletics and the business side and how athletics works is not going to work. Speaking of which, though, not to go off sidetrack, I have a friend that's uh, watching, Laura from Cary. She's on the administrative side. She's a coach. She can even tell you that a lot of times 
80s, eh, majority of the time they're kind of difficult to deal with. And most of the time they're looking at the educational side of things. Not to mention also you got to be careful too at some universities – you want to blame the AD because they're the face, but you don't know who's in the who's in behind the scenes pulling the strings. Also, she wanted me to say a uh, shout out to her friend Lindsay, which is with an S A Y on there. So, giving them a shout out. But thank you for watching the show. But the same thing is, be careful blaming the AD. Sometimes it's not always them. But I will say this: with the way Michigan State football is going, there's someone at the top that's being disorganized. And it's probably might not D'Antoni. Especially also, remember, also all those allegations, too, going around. They might be trying to clean up some stuff. And maybe there's some players that they recruited who are really good on the football field, but they probably might have off-the-field problems. So it's like you kind of got to hide those kids, too. And, he, and even then, from a recruiting standpoint, I've looked at class that's coming in, and truthfully, I think ne- next year is not going to be very good at all. Schedule's going to be— How do you know that? Not a lot of highly, not a lot of highly touted players coming in, and there's a lot of guys who are really good who are going to be graduating or likely going to the NFL, including, including the quarterback position. Which I'm, I mean, Brian Lewerke has regressed, and I'm not really impressed with Rocky Lombardi or Theo Day. So there's a lot, there's a lot that's going to have to be done. And why don't you run to be eighty? Because I'm not qualified to. Why not? You just t- you just said that the dude was not doing a good job or anything, and then you now you, if you if you're gonna make fun of the guy, then you you know try to be in their position. Well, for one, he's not real. He's not really that involved. I mean, look, was he? he what does he have an athletic background? I mean, sometimes no. Yeah, see, that's why. That's part of that's part of the reason why. I mean, I I mean, I've I've even talked with some of my Michigan State brethren, and I've. We've kind of mentioned names of who they could, who should be the new, who should be an AD, and Kevin Palga, who is with the basketball program. I think he, I'd say, give him a shot because I mean he's pretty deep into basketball. He know he knows how stuff, how an athletic program runs. I'd say, yeah, I'd say, give him a chance. I mean, there's some people say, oh, they should have Izzo be the athletic director. Well, thing is, I'm not. I mean, if it, this if, isn't high school, where it, if I mean, if Izzo was if Izzo was hanging it up from coaching basketball, then yeah, yeah, maybe I could I would get that, but I don't think he. That's probably not going to be for another four years because Izzo's son is currently on the basketball team. I think he just wants to have the chance to coach him, and then he'll probably end up hanging it up. Right, I can see that. Yeah, you can't. That, that's too. We got to go recruit and athletic directors are going around making schedules for all remember they, they they take care of all sports i mean he could be maybe an assistant athletic director where it's a little less on his plate but when you get to heck in high school i've seen it it's too much work you he, you if you want to see a basketball program probably fall apart unless he puts a lot of work on his assistants let Izzo be the ad and the uh uh basketball coach that's a disaster no. waiting to happen I mean, uh, and I know some people will point to Barry Alvarez when he was the athletic director at Wisconsin, coaching Wisconsin at a bowl game a couple of times. But, I mean, that was a one-time deal in yeah, both instances. Yeah, I, yeah. Then yeah. Alvarez eventually take over as the AD after he, he after after he retired as football coach, coach. he became the athletic yeah. director. But he also resurrected Wisconsin football because before he was there, Wisconsin football was was straight, as you like to call it, 
hot garbage, nothing burger, diarrhea water, <laughs> and all other adjectives that describe that program. Yeah. So, I mean, I so there are changes that are going to have to be made at Michigan State and the football side of things. And look, I'm not I'm not asking them to go out and win the Big Ten next year here, but truthfully, if you want to avoid getting back to the to rock bottom, which is where you're a hell of a lot closer to than returning to prominence, you better start doing something differently. Yeah, okay. Now moving on to about, that's about as polite as I can put it. Yeah, now moving on to down a little su- more south, but closer to us. What's going on over there down in Ann Arbor last weekend? Michigan scored the first touchdown. They were close in the game, and then once Shea Patterson and fumbled for the, for the second year in a row, they give up a fifty burger to yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, and. I th- and I think really a lot of Michigan fans are in for a reality check. Because, I mean, look, when Harbaugh was hired, I know you had said that he was brought I, – I don't, I'm not saying that you said this directly, but I think we both agreed that he was brought there to win championships, plural. Can we agree with that? Mm, yes and no. Well – I, mean, I think that he was there to resurrect the program to the point where it was respectable because at one point they're only getting six to seven wins. I mean, you know, that's horrible. He's actually averaging 10 wins a season. The only problem is, is one, you can't beat Ohio State, but they're in another stratosphere, and he does lose a couple, maybe one other crucial game. He should probably go undefeated in the Big Ten, and if he just lost to Ohio State, I don't think people would be too mad at him, but he always drops at least one game. But it's not, it's not just losing to Ohio State. It's getting thrashed. I mean, you get last year, I mean, we all talked about the debacle in Columbus where they gave up a 62 I mean, heck, Urban probably could have ran it up into the well, 70s. Well, but a couple of years ago, they they also had it where um, was, yeah. you know, the, fan, the the call about the first down there that some people are still questioning. Yeah. So, and then I mean, it's just kind of, and the last two years, let's be honest, the last two years, Ohio State has been pretty much a national power. So they've had they're more ta- they're more that. they're more talented than Michigan, which um, ba- which ba- which which kind of will get us to jump to the next one after the game. It was. Local reporter from this area, we won't name drop. Well, you can say his name. Okay, fine. It was Jordan Strack. He asked, and I thought this was a good question as well. And a lot of, and there were a few of my Michigan brethren that thought it was a good question, including Todd Kapling, who is a fellow WTOL employee. Who? Todd Kapling. I don't remember him. Um, yeah, he's also an assi- he's also an assistant basketball coach at Ida for their girls team. Okay. Anyway, Todd's a good friend of mine. And he he said that he didn't have an issue with what Strack asked. What Strack asked was, "What's going? Was there a, a talent gap, a preparation gap?" And Harbaugh says, "I'll answer your questions, not your insults." And Strack comes out and says, "That's not an insult. You've given up 118 points to them the last two years." I mean, he it's truthful. Is it? Does it hurt? Yeah, but you you got to but getting beat like that two years in a row. Well, hold on. Let's let's put this on. Yeah, here. we'll just let it play for you. Uh, hold on. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Uh, let's see here. 
I mean, he was a little upset with him, but it, was it a fair question? Yes, it was. I, I think so, too. Um, try to pull this up. I thought we had it, but I guess not. We'll try to, we'll try to find it. We'll be right back. Hold on. Keep going. Yeah. <clears throat> but, I, but anyways, I think it just kind of show, it shows how much of a gap there is between Ohio State and Michigan. I mean... There was a, there was a gap when Brady Hoke got fired, but now that see it seems that that gap hasn't gotten any closer. It's actually widened, and this is probably the widest it's ever been. Probably even to the point where it's wider than in the '60s before Bo Schembechler was hired. And truthfully, if Harbaugh is the guy who hold on, we mission, got it here. sorry, we got it. We'll we'll pull this up and see if it's a fair see if it's a fair question. We got over five hundred thousand views on the on the Twitter. Here we go. Is it a preparation gap? Is it a coaching gap? What is the biggest difference between you and Ohio State at this point? I mean, I'll answer the questions, not your insults. So that wasn't an insult. I mean, you've got one hundred eighteen points in two years. It's like really good in eleven hundred yards. That's what I'm asking. What's what's the biggest difference in the gap between you guys right now? They play better today. Talent gap? Is it a preparation gap? So, it's in the heat of the moment. And think about it. I guess I take it from a coach's standpoint. You lost the game. You know how much was big on this game. Not only did you lose, but you did lose big. If it probably would have been a closer game, it probably would have been a moral victory. Um, But what is hard? It's a fair question, but at the same time. From Harbaugh's perspective, I'm looking at it media and his perspective. He can't win with this. He had to answer it that way. Because if you say it's a preparation problem, then you make the coaching staff look bad. If you say it's a talent gap, you make it seem like you don't even believe in your players. And then that's where the buy-in value starts to erode. And, and then at that point, if he would have answered it, he, he the bowl game's out the window and probably – it sabotages next season. So Harbaugh had to say something in the heat of the moment and said, you know, he doesn't want those insults. And it can be a little insulting because, let's face it, they did prepare well. They did. We all know the talent gap is there. Ohio State just has better play. I mean, come on, they're number one team in the nation for a reason. And, you know, they've been blowing everybody out in the league. I don't think they had a close game all this season. Nope. So for Jordan Strike to ask that, and I understand the last couple of years it's been blowouts, but a couple of years before that, Michigan just played hard. They just got some bad bounces. So, like I said, he can't answer that and say, "Well, you know," because they did. They did. Do they prepare? Yeah, because yeah, early did. in the first half, it was a close game. Now some kids made mistakes. Yes, but that happens in a game. I mean, think about it. Dobbins fumbled, and the ball bounced right back to him, and I think he ran in for a touchdown. I mean, come on. That that's a lucky break for for Ohio State. You know, Shea Patterson fumble. What would happen if it bounced back in his hands and he ran in? I mean, it, the the fact of the matter is, no matter how hard they were going to prepare, they weren't going to beat Ohio State. And I think people have to understand when you start to judge a coach by wins and losses, you got to have talent. It's like racing a car. If you got a Challenger Hellcat versus the base model Prius, which car is going to win? 
is going to be the challenger all day, every day. I don't care if you have driver error mod or the guy doesn't gets off the line late. That Hellcat's going to chase down that Prius and win, and that's the problem. Michigan is the Prius, while Ohio State is the Hellcat. Hmm. And that's what it is. And he could have been prepared and had mistake-free. And you know how hard it is. It's, you know you're outgunned where you got to play a mistake-free football game to win. And we know that's just, that's just virtually impossible. Virtually impossible with kids that are between the ages of 18 to 23 years old. Just virtually impossible. He was just outmatched. But you're not going to say that. Oh, yeah, we were outmatched. Because you just look those kids in the face and tell them that, you know, just before the game, that they're just as talented as them and probably said, you know, you can go out here and get this victory. And then later on, three hours later, pfft, yeah, you know, there's a talent gap and we're outmatched. How are you going to go back and talk to those kids in the face? That, I mean, you do, you do bring up an interesting point is you've gotten your you've gotten your asses handed to you <laughs> twice in a row. What would happen if, if Jordan Strike as at the Dan Antonio? Say, hey, last couple of years, I, what is uh, it, preparation well, I, I, I or is it a talent you, I will gap. tell you what D'Antonio will say. So, and I quote, well, I think that's a dumbass question. Right, because, because most coach, well, coaches uh, are going to be protective. You're not going to throw your – I mean, now there are some coaches that are dumb as hell and probably throw themselves and their coaching staff under the bus and say, but you, you're not going to sit there and admit, well, yeah, we weren't prepared. I mean, come on. It, it's, it's college football. Those guys are totally prepared. I could see if this was maybe low-level high school, maybe grade school, but come on. They're all going to be prepared. I mean, I tell people this all the time with coaching. And I've had teams like that where I've been well-prepared. I've done the scout. I tell the kids what's going to go on. The only thing that the coach can do is is have the clipboard and draw stuff up. That's all I can do. I, I can't go out there and play for you. you got to go out there and execute. If kids aren't going out there and executing, you can't blame the preparation. But in the end, somebody is going to end up having to take the fall. I mean, I've, right, you're right. It, somebody well, here, will take the fall. But the question is, who does? I mean, there's people that have. <laughs> there are people that have said who's um, taking the blame here. Don, that Don Brown, the defensive coordinator, is most likely to get fired. Why? Well, for one, what's you, wrong with ten wins? I, I don't understand this. This guy can get 10, 10 to 11 year wins a year. There's, there's programs out there that are, 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 are wanting that. He's getting maybe two, one to two losses a year, losing Ohio State and maybe losing to someone else. And, you, and Michigan fans and everyone is like saying that he's not a good coach and Michigan sucks. And sometimes, some years, they've been in the football playoff consideration. Well, maybe it's because of how much that they're paying Harbaugh and Keep in mind, he did just get an, a significant raise. As What's well. pay got to do with it? Uh, he's get he's not pay- Michigan's fault. They yeah, felt that get, he was they're, valued. Pay, they're, pay, they're paying him Nick Saban money, and they're getting Kirk Ferentz results. <laughs> Kirk Ferentz is not a bad coach. And I'm not saying Iowa. that Kirk Ferentz is a bad coach, but the thing is, it's not too often you see Iowa consistently at the top of the Big Ten. Oh, well, Iowa is t- consistently at the top of the of the West. Well, they're, They've also knocked off Michigan and Ohio State at Kinnick Stadium because everybody knows when you go to Kinnick at night on national television, you're going to have you a barn burner. The dude's not a bad coach. Not saying he was. Everybody wants to clamor and get Matt Campbell. No, don't get me wrong, Matt Campbell's a fine person, a fine man, but he's getting eight and four records at Iowa State, and he's not been able to beat Iowa. But yeah, you want to put Matt Campbell 
at Michigan. Isn't that the same thing that you got with Jim Harbaugh? But he's getting more wins, and he can't get over past Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh can't beat the rival. Matt Campbell can't beat his rival. It's the same person. So can so do then do we have to say that Michigan's just not good enough to be considered a heard an elite team anymore? No, it, it takes time. I, I like I told this. It's been five years. It sometimes takes a little longer. Now, for one, you've been competing against Ohio State, and they've been getting all the, the collection of talent. Alabama's been getting the collection of talent, but I will say this: it looks like Alabama's going to start falling apart pretty soon. I feel so that talent might spread. I wouldn't be getting on the Ryan Day Express just yet. That was all Urban Meyer's talent. And we're going to be honest with you. Most of these kids go to the schools because of the personality. Urban Meyer has a big personality and he has clout. So Ryan Day, it's e- I mean, think about it. It's easy to coach when you got the talent, man. You look like a genius out there when you got that talent. I want to see what you can do when, you know, you, you're not the most talented team all the time. Um, and look at Jason Candle. All that talent, and they were, and I'll tell you this right now: UT was making the same mistakes they were doing when they had Logan Woodside. Only difference is, is that the talent pretty much superseded the mistakes. But then when you, your talent starts to drop, and you might be not the most talented team on the field, or you're not good enough to overcome those mistakes, a lot of stuff starts to show. So I want to see maybe in two or three years where this actually ends up. Does Ohio State and Michigan become a little bit more equal? Or does Michigan tip the scales and do a little bit better? Well, because the way it looks like right now, Ohio State has just gotten further and further away. And truthfully, I don't the way the way it is now. For I don't right think now. I don't think Michigan's going to end up going into Columbus and coming anywhere close. And look how right. lucky they've been. Look how lucky they've been. They got Justin Fields. He fell in their lap. Joe Burrow was actually at Ohio State and wasn't even playing. Look what he's doing with LSU. I mean, they just Man, across the board. The Heisman Trophy, right? Across the board, Ohio State is at least three deep, solid three deep. Where their third stringers could probably start for certain schools, and they're probably doing a much better job with player development as well. Well, maybe, but think about it. If I can go three deep and you could only go two deep, but my third guy could probably be a first stringer on your team. In football, it's all about attrition and running them down and punching someone in the mouth. Eventually, there's going to be weak points at certain positions where guys do make mistakes like going off sides or something like that. So I think Harbaugh's been doing a decent job. Can he do better? Yes. Is there room for improvement? Yes. I think they brought him in. They thought they were going to get the Urban Meyer treatment, you know, be competitive year in, year out. But it is tough competing with Ohio State that is in your conference and also competing with other schools. I mean, it is what it is. Maybe with Ryan Day there, the scales might tip because well, he's like got the big personality. In, they've tipped in Ohio State's favor as well. Yeah, those guys were already there. Come on. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see what, how much more Ryan Day will continue because, I mean, I, I hear people say that he's a better coach than Urban. He's an NFL caliber play caller. I mean, they're he's basically taking Ohio State was already on a very high level. It seems like Day has taken it to another. Has Day taken it to another level, or has his players taken it to another level? Can, can, I, I can think Brian a, Day take go if if the roles were reversed? 
if Ryan Day was coaching at Michigan and Harbaugh was at Ohio State, would Ryan Day be able to get that Michigan team to beat Ohio State? I would say yes. I don't know. I think when you have that supreme of talent, it makes you look good as a coach. Um, I, I still, I, I, for me, I got to see a little bit more from it. I do. I really do. I got to see a little bit more from Ryan Day instead of just the one-year wonder. Because look at Jason Candle. Won a MAC championship early, and the last two seasons have been straight disaster. And he's had some of the number one recruiting classes in the last few years as well. So you can't sit there and say, oh, he ain't, he ain't got any talent. Because according to these recruiting services, he's bringing in some boys. Next year, I think, will be a pivotal year for him. For sure. But like, but like I, but kind of going back to what I say, changes mm-hmm. Michigan has to make. Harbaugh's going to have to make some changes on, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Because Don Brown, I mean, everyone raves about Don Brown being Doctor Blitz and how good his defenses are. But have you ever noticed that his defenses do exceptionally well against aver against below average to garbage teams like Rutgers and Maryland? Yeah. Or even Iowa, who's not that good of an offense, or Michigan State when they're bad. Mm-hmm. But when it when it comes time to go up against a big boy like Wisconsin or Penn State or even Ohio State, his defense looks pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think a lot. I think Don Brown was kind of overhyped to begin with, and I think Harbaugh's going to have to part ways with him. Mm-hmm. Now, as for who he brings in, I really do not know which way he's going to go at this point. Yeah, that's another thing you have to ask yourself. Who's better to bring in? Yeah, well, that's that's something that we're going to have to find out. That's more of a stay tuned and find out, because you look at two guys who left Michigan, Greg Madison, Al Washington, mm-hmm. they went to Ohio State. They got that talent, too. Yeah. Um, so finishing up this segment, championship, talk a little bit about that. All right, so going into championship week, as I pull up the scores for us, we've got two games going on right now, Oklahoma and Baylor in the Big 12 championship game. I know it's a rematch of when Baylor had a 28-3 lead and they pulled the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Right now that game is 10-10 in the second quarter. Mm. I figured I figured Oklahoma was going to win this one because in the first meeting they didn't have C.D. Lamb, their best wide receiver, so now he's back. And also other championship games going on. Central Michigan fire up chips. They're up fourteen ten over Miami of Ohio. Those I think also Miami Ohio was in the middle of the pack last year in football. Yeah, and I remember seeing them referred to as Miami of Ohio. <laughs> On the ESPN's the bottom ten, so I mean, props to Chuck Martin for getting them going in the right direction. Finally, although it, although Miami Ohio's quarterback Brett Gabbert, I don't know if he's a any relation to Blaine Gabbert. Mm-hmm. Eh, who knows? And in the fun belt, Appalachian stayed up thirty five fourteen over Louisiana Lafayette. Mm-hmm. So. Those are games going on right now. Games going on later today. Conference USA Championship game. Alabama Birmingham against Florida Atlantic, which this is of no surprise at all. Lane Kiffin has reportedly taking the job at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. 
So he's moving on there. And then let's see, other games we got. We've got the All-American Happy Action Fun Conference Championship game between Cincinnati and Memphis. I think I know there's some people claiming clamoring for Luke Fickle to replace D'Antonio at Michigan State. I'm kind of on the fence on that one because Cincinnati is not that good offensively with the players they got. Although they do have, an, I believe Mike Warren is still there, mm-hmm. Central Catholic yes, product. Yes, he is. So. I mean, I'd say a name to watch who gets a head coaching job somewhere else is Jay Norvell at Memphis. Mm-hmm. He'll get it. And then we've also got Hawaii and Boise and the he Mountain West game. I really don't care about that one. Now we get to the meat and potatoes. Okay. Georgia LSU. You know, LSU, a seven-point favorite of this one. I would say this is... This is the most complete LSU team I can remember seeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Joe Burrow, who's breaking SEC records for passing. They've also got a thousand yard rusher in Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who's really played his best football as of late. Two thousand yard receivers in Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So I still think LSU ends up winning this one. I don't think they boat race Georgia, but Georgia, keep in mind, is gonna be without Two of their receivers, one who was out with an injury and then another one who was ejected for fighting against Georgia Tech. He's mm-hmm. going to sit out the first half. And I've sounds like DeAndre Swift may or may not play at the running back position. Mm-hmm. And so, and then other games going on. We've got the Atlantic Coast Conference. Clemson's going to win that one. They're favored by 28 and a half. And I think Dabble's going to just try and boat race them. <laughs> the, the ASS, it is. The Atlantic Coast. Yeah, that, that's common. I, I, Although, who would have thought, thought Virginia was going to win the other division? And they beat Virginia Tech after 15 years of just getting whooped. Yeah, so give credit to Bronco Mendenhall and company. Yeah, that is true, but that, that conference is just ASS. Why do you think I called it the Atlantic? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, so Clubs is going to probably win by 30 and you never know, they might knock them off. I hope so. Well, that really will screw up the football playoff. And then yeah. if, 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 if Clemson loses, I'll see. We'll see Alabama in the playoff. No, well, you know, Alabama's dropped way too far down. And you, you'll see some crazy stuff, Frank. Yeah, I'm not. We'll know that if Alabama gets in the playoff, is rigged. Well, and then we're really gonna. Then I'll just not watch it all. And then this. This line has really been kind of fishy. Ohio State and Wisconsin, the Big Ten Championship game, opened up as Ohio State minus 18. It got down to Ohio State minus 15. And yesterday, it's now up to minus 16. But here's what I don't get. 90% of the money was on Ohio State, and the line drops to minus 15. If you're... If I'm betting that one, I'm not touching that game with a 10-foot pole. Why not? Well, because you see the spread draw. If only 10% of the money's on Wisconsin and the spread is shrunk, that does that sounds kind of suspicious. And Vegas probably knows something. And plus, probably the health of Justin Fields' knee is a concern. And it's also a rematch, even though Wisconsin got boat raced in Columbus. Mm-hmm. 
I think uh, I think Ohio. Truthfully, I think Ohio State wins this one. I don't see. I kind of have a hard time seeing it be a. They're not. They're not going to wipe Wisconsin all over the field. I think it'll. They'll just Wisconsin will probably just hang in it for a little bit, and then Ohio State will just wear them down. Mm-hmm. So that's what. That's what I think. So as for your playoff top four, which will be released on Sunday, in no particular order. LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and then whoever wins the Big 12 championship game. Nice. So we'll take a commercial break. And then our last segment, talk a little Michigan high school hoops. It'll be interesting. Now, one last thing. Should they expand the playoff and get rid of the bowl games? Right now, no, because we essentially have elimination games in these conference championship games. The Pac-12 championship last night was an elimination game for Utah, and of course they got destroyed by Oregon. Mm-hmm. And LSU-Georgia, that's an elimination game. If if Georgia somehow wins that game, they're going to get in. And then LSU still, probably still gets in too. We'll talk about that next week. And of course, Virginia-Clemson, eh, take that how you want to. Ohio State-Wisconsin. I mean, a lot of these conference championship games end up being elimination games for the playoff. The only the only time, I've said this before, I'll say it again, the only time where they will consider expansion is when the SEC gets left out in the cold. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. True point. But I think get rid of the bowl game, 16 teams make it. That's it. Play during the month of December, January, first weekend of January, championship game. Because nobody watches the come on, we've talked about it. Nobody wants to see the Papa John slash Chick-fil-A. Nobody, nobody wants to see the uh the Murphy's oil soap yes. bowl. Stuff sponsors you've never even heard of, Bed Bath and Beyond, uh Charity Bowl or nothing, nothing like that. No, we don't want to see that or the Planet Fitness Bowl <laughs> or the Penn Station Bowl. Oh, 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 hey, Penn Station's good sandwiches, though. Yeah, I know they have good sandwiches, but, you know, it just starts to get to the point where it gets ridiculous. But we're going to take a quick True. commercial break. Thank you for watching on the live feed. Last segment. He's got the paper already out from Monroe. It's nice and fresh, but doesn't have a cup of coffee with it, though. A little Michigan basketball here on 88.3 WTs after further review. Make sure you check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes. We'll be back after this.